Talia. Welcome to Good Luck Charlie. Just like you, I'm on the journey of self-discovery and I'm daily trying to learn what it means to find balance, create lifelong friendships, chase my dreams and invest in my future. So here's what I'm learning and loving on this crazy path of life. I'm so glad you decided to join me. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back to this podcast episode. Welcome back to Good Luck Charlie. Welcome back to my voice. Uh, as the intro said, I am Talia. I am currently in high school and just of this past week I've turned 17. I'm one of those people who has always, always, always wanted to be older. Always wanted to seem older, be more mature. We talked about it a little bit in last week's podcast episode, how I've always acted older than my age. But finally, 17 seems somewhat respectful, somewhat decent and mature and old. And I finally feel like my age almost reflects the maturity and life experience I feel like I have, which I'm sure in years to come, I will look back and say she knew nothing as a 17-year-old. But here we are. You can only live and talk about what you've experienced and know so far. So that is me. Turn 17. Thank you so much for all the birthday wishes. If you know me and forgot to wish me happy birthday, it's okay. You can make up for it by going and leaving a review right now on the Apple Podcast app. So if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, just go to little search place, type good luck Charlie in the search tab, scroll down a bit until it says rating and reviews, and then type a little something. If you're driving or listening in a place where you can't type right now, go, hey Siri, set a timer for X amount of minutes to leave a review on the Good Luck Charlie podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so much for all those birthday gifts. <laughs> this week, I also went for my driver's test on my birthday and I failed. And I wrote a Instagram post that a lot of you seem to really resonate and like. So that is on at goodluck underscore Charlie pod. And I think a lot of you liked it because even though failure is talked about in a sense that it's not bad, failure just means your chance to learn or try again. I think failure is very rarely talked about in the moment. Usually once someone has succeeded, they look back and tell you about all the times they failed. But very rarely is failure talked about in the moment. So about two hours after I had failed this exam, I wrote the following caption. For the anxious hearts, change your what ifs to even ifs. Many of you know I went for my driver's license test today, a scary thing to do, and I failed. But it's okay. I went into today knowing that I was loved regardless, and my biggest goal was to remain calm and confident in my own ability as a driver. That goal was achieved. Everything else is an opportunity to learn, and I needed this failure just as, I, as much as I need every success in my life. My devotion last night encouraged me to turn my questions of anxiety and my questions of what ifs to even ifs. So I switched my thinking from, what if I fail, to even if I fail, I am using this time to become a more skilled driver. Even if I fail, I am growing as a person. Even if I fail, I am loved and I have a purpose. This is the mindset that I want to adopt in my everyday. This is what I encourage us all to take to heart. And it's hard, I get it, but I believe in you all. And that encouraged tons of people to comment about how many times they did or didn't fail their driving test, times that they failed their university course, and a whole range of other things. And I was so honoured that my situation, which was not much fun at the time, could help others feel seen and heard 
And it's something that I want to take into my everyday as well. I think it taught me a really valuable lesson. Turn your what ifs to even ifs. And it's so true and applicable to every single situation. So that was what I learned on the first day of being 17. And if you ask me, I feel like that's a pretty good, pretty big lesson and just goes to show that truthfully, every single day is an opportunity to learn. This is one of the main reasons I love my birthday so much. I love sitting down and getting time in that day to reflect on the previous year of my life. And each year I write things that I loved about the previous year, highlights, people that I was really close to, things that I liked, things that I want to do in my future things that I want to learn by the time my next birthday comes around, etc, etc. It's another chance for me to set some goals, set some expectations or intentions, as I like to say, for the previous year of my life, while also looking back and seeing how much I have grown and how much I have changed. And so today's podcast episode is a little bit about that. I have compiled a list of 16 things I learned while being 16. And I know it's a little bit cliche, but usually cliche things exist because they are good and they are true. So I'm just going to go through this little list and then I have some other things I want to talk about at the end as well. Number one, if happiness is your goal in your life, make that a reality each day. One of my favorite podcasts, What We Said podcast, talked about this at the start of the year and it shocked me. They said, at the end of the day, on your deathbed, you would want to say and you would want to know that in your life each day you were happy and that you loved people. And despite that being what we would ultimately say we want for our life, happiness, each year we make goals that usually do not coincide with that, or at least in my case, they very rarely did. These goals usually revolved around performance and success, not happiness. This is a discrepancy that I refuse to accept anymore. So I've switched from goals and expectations to intentions, goals to learn more and become happier and adopt better habits, etc. rather than goals of performance. So if happiness is ultimately what you want, make your daily goals, yearly goals, etc. actually reflect that. Numero two. Getting help isn't weak. That's basically it. Speaking up helps others. Share your story. Others can relate and it will always make them feel better and also you feel better. It's nice to relate and feel seen. Number three, you always have space in your day, space in your heart to love others. Even if you just feel so bad and tired, there is a small thing that you can do to put a bit of love onto others. Even just a message to a friend saying, I'm sending you a hug. Number four, It's the small things that make a big difference on a bad day. A flower, a text, a hug can and does change and save lives. It's not all about the big gestures and the big romantic things or expensive gifts. Literally, kindness comes in just the smallest things. So you never know how much of a difference and an impact you can have on somebody else's life. Number five, it's okay to not know who you are and what you want. Okay, this is now I'm going to read a journal entry that I wrote a couple of months ago about this concept. So I said, hey me, I'm proud of the way you've been growing. I think most people experience these natural tendencies with tendencies within themselves and this life. I think that that might be the tension between the pool of society and the pool of the spirit or your own being. One thing that you feel you should be and the other is who you really are but have sometimes moved so far away from. For me, it's the pull for the desire for success, but also the need in within myself to help people. 
It's a desire for routines and to have everything in control, yet also a craving for chaos and newness, new challenges, new people, new cultures. It's a desire to live simply, but a constant hunger for more. I see it in my love of people and desire to be a community builder, yet a hunger for solitude. Who is the real me? Or is it both? Either way, it's okay. And it's okay not to know. And that's something that I've never really had to think about before or understand this concept. And I remember listening to people talk saying, like I was in a relationship or whatever, I went through this big stage of life and then I just had to find myself again. And I could not wrap my head around what it meant to find yourself because I was like, how do you ever lose yourself? You are who you are and you just grow up as that person. But I think it is really true. So if you don't really know who you are, what you want, what even sometimes matters to you, it is okay. Number six, you have to let people do what they need to do to cope. I feel like I used to be so harsh on people who wagged, who shopped excessively, ate a lot of sugar, etc. to cope with things. Like, how dare you miss school? But now I get it. Sometimes you just need a break. Don't judge a person by their once-off action. There is obviously a line, but to a large extent, everybody is just doing their best and you need to let people do what they need to do to survive. Number seven, I learned how to record and edit podcasts. I'm still learning, obviously, but that was cool. I learned how to ride a longboard and drive. I did a photo editing course over summer. And those are just some practical skills that I learned, which I thought that I should throw into this list as well. Number eight, I learned how important hobbies are. Before this year, I would say that my hobbies were anything outside of school. Like I would genuinely say that working at a cafe on the weekend was a hobby, that babysitting was a hobby, etc. Like what? But last year, my friends got me to watch Drive to Survive, a Netflix documentary all about Formula One. And now I've realized the importance of having a hobby or a sport that you're interested in, etc. It's so good to have something else to be interested and to invest time and energy in. Number nine, you don't have to fit into a box and you don't have to put a box around yourself. You can be both. You can like Formula One and also be a mature girl. (laughs) You can longboard and like wearing dresses. You can be both strong and kind. You can be both brave and fearful, both fearless and sensitive. You can be a hard worker, but also enjoy the present moment and the small things. Number 10, getting uncomfortable is how you progress. Uncomfortable with your beliefs, your view of yourself, your desires for the future, etc. When you ask those hard questions and get a little bit uncomfortable, that's when you grow. That's when your comfort zone increases, etc. Seek and you will find is the Bible verse, but you have to seek to find. And seeking implies that you don't already know something and that's uncomfortable and we don't like sitting in that place. But admit that you don't know it all. Seek and you will find the answers to your questions. And I talked about that more on the past podcast episode about being curious and asking the questions. So go and listen to that if you're curious. Number 11, I learned that no thing is innately good or bad. I used to say that a good day was a productive day or a bad day occurred if I got nothing done and felt sluggish, etc. But what? A good day should be if I'm happy. And on those same lines, a good thing is usually something that is comfortable, whereas a bad promotes growth, whereas a 
good thing is something is usually something that is comfortable and a bad thing could be described as something that is uncomfortable uncomfortable or painful but it's usually the bad things that promote growth so sometimes i think our definitions of good and bad are very wrong but like for me a bad thing in my life right now is i am really burnt out because of school and finding that really difficult and i can say that that is a really bad thing but I'm trying to think of it as a really good thing because because I am burnt out and because I can't just take a break or escape away from school, I have to stick it out for the rest of the year. It forces me to then seek help and establish sustainable practices that I'll then be able to take into the rest of my life. Whereas if I could just escape from school, I would and I wouldn't be forced to learn those hard lessons that I'm going to need for the rest of my life. So I'm trying to remove the words good and bad from my vocabulary because everything is just a chance to learn and grow. Hope that makes a little bit of sense and that you can take that and adapt it in the way that works for you. Number 12, you don't owe anyone anything. But in the same time, everyone in your life deserves to be treated with respect and kindness. Number 13, on that note, I learned that respect is a huge thing for me. Like, I feel like everybody just deserves a huge amount of respect. And to me, the thing, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are disrespectful, that is the fastest way to get me to dislike someone. I find it so infuriating when people are disrespectful to others. And the biggest compliment I could give to someone is, whoa, I just have so much respect for that person. And my close friends know that well. Number 14, music is literally life-changing. To the people out there who don't listen to music much or often, how do you do it? How do you ever motivate yourself to do something without listening to a good song? I don't get it. And on that same note, reading is really good as well. I've fallen in love with reading again and I'm going to have a few book recommendations and things I've learned some from some really good books at the end of this episode if you're interested. Number 15, family first always, but anyone can be your own family. Make your own family full of people who love and support you just the way you are. So for some people, that family might consist of your friends. For some people, your family might not have a mum or a dad or siblings, but your friends can be your siblings. Your community can shape that whole. And then those people that you consider your family, cling to them. They are first. Number 16, we are all just flawed humans who are doing our very best. You truly only know the very teeny tiny tip of someone's life. Truly. I know you've probably heard this, but I just am blown away by how much this has been revealed to me this year. The happiest person can be the struggling person. The happy, healthy family can be the one that is falling apart at the seams. The people who live glamorous lives could be the ones that are really struggling financially, etc. Give a little more grace and a little more kindness and patience and forgiveness and respect. Chill out. People are struggling and you don't even know the tip of it. No one has it all together. Everyone is just doing their best and their best might be different to yours. And that is okay. You only know the tip of it. So as you can tell, I learned a lot and there's probably lots more that I can't even really remember or don't even realize that I learned. And this is because truly each day is a chance to learn. And I guess I now just want to share with you some of the things that I wrote on my birthday this past year, I said that in my future, I want to be a community builder and a helper, an encourager to all, an inspiration and someone who is knowing for loving. 
perhaps professionally, one day a paramedic and a nurse, and potentially a midwife, anything to help people. 16 was great because I learned what it really meant to love myself and rely on God as myself as all that I need in life. Life got hard and I committed to making good and hard changes. I started a podcast and I bought a car. I worked hard at my cafe and at school. I became school youth captain and I used that as a place to help and serve. And aesthetically, I cut my hair short and I pierced my ears. I'm proud of the way I learned to love myself, always choosing to grow, declaring my faith openly and the way that I've learned to love people and give grace. By the time I'm 18, I want to have my license. I want to have learned to live a more sustainable life. I want to grow my podcast and encourage more people. I want to have a vision of how I feel God will use me and be really good at listening to his voice. I want to grow in generosity. I want to learn and love more. I want to grow closer to my grandparents. I want to learn about things that I care about. Things about the world, like geography and languages. And for me, it was very interesting to see how this had changed from what I wrote when I turned 16, because that was all very materialistic goals and expectations, like have this much money, like very clear precisions, whereas now it's more attention. And what I want to be in my future, I had stepped out a whole five, 10 year potential plan and goal. And I think that's what I've learned this past year, that that things can be really, those things like that, those goals can be really draining and really difficult to lean on and cling to and hold true in your life. So now I want to be way more focused on the intention, on the growing and the loving and the attitude and the posture and the intention about life rather than hardcore outcomes and expectations. I'm now going to jump into a little segment about some books that I've been loving recently. Reading is so special and I used to read all the time, but I've fallen out of the habit and recently I forced myself to get back into it again and it is so good for my mental health. If you are in Australia or anywhere in the world, there's a book that is really popular at the moment called Boy Swallows Universe by Trent Dalton. And this book is incredible in so many ways. It is written so creatively and it's all about this boy who grows up with a mute brother who doesn't talk and a mum who is a drug dealer and a stepdad who is also a drug dealer. So crazy story set up, but it's just about how this boy grows up in life, how he learns that love is the most important thing, how he persists through it all, how he learns to be curious and ask questions, but also just how he uses creative language to describe the emotions in his life that are too big to talk about anything else. So if you really want your eyes to be opened, if you want to read a beautifully written book, I would highly recommend that one. And then another book that I've just finished reading is Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. This book was very interesting. And one of my challenges to myself at the start of the year was to read and consume more media that challenges my mindset. So often we can get stuck in this vault, this echo chamber where we follow people who say similar things and have similar values to us read things that have the same values, watch things that have the same values. So we start to think that that's the only possible option or value or opinion to have about life, but it's not true. There are so many different ways to think about things. So I wanted to make a very conscious effort to break this echo chamber and consume media, consume texts that made me a little bit uncomfortable and that I didn't necessarily agree with at first. And this book did that because 
she had a very different concept and understanding of love to what I do and relationships to what I do, which I think hers is closer to what most of society has. But myself as a Christian, just with different values on relationships and love, I found it quite different. But in the end, it was really beautiful and it came to be all about focusing on the power of love in friendships with each other. So I'm just going to read some portions of it to you that I really loved. At one stage in the book, and I'm sorry for a potential spoiler, her best friend's sister dies. And as part of the eulogy, her friend reads this. It may seem that life is difficult at times, but it's really as simple as breathing in and out. She said, rip open hearts with your fury and tear down egos with your modesty. Be the person you wish you could be, not the person you you feel you are doomed to be. Let yourself run away with your feelings. You were made so that someone could love you. Let them love you. I think that is so beautiful. And another little section occurs after Dolly starts seeing a psychologist. She says, my psychologist thinks I've got no sense of self. That's rubbish, her friend said. You've got a stronger sense of self than anyone I know. Dolly says, yeah, but not that kind of sense of self. Not like how I will vote in the EU referendum or what my favorite way of serving potato is. She means I break myself off into different bits to give to different people rather than being whole. I'm so restless and unsettled. I don't know how to be without all the things I use to prop me up. I thought that was just a beautiful way to describe it and a beautiful way to think of how important it is to look after yourself first. Because even if you do know yourself, you can't break yourself off into a million different pieces to give to other people. And I think I'm just going to write, read one other segment from this book. And then obviously, if you're interested and you know me, you can just ask to borrow it. But otherwise, if those spark some curiosity in the book, I would highly recommend going and reading it. And finally, somewhat of the conclusion of the book, Gus says, One night, having spent a few days in peaceful solitude with my thoughts, I walked under the stars and along the the cobbled streets, and an idea crept all over me like a resting, vibrant blooms of wisteria. I don't need a dazzlingly charismatic musician to write a line about me in a song. I don't need a guru to tell me things about myself I think I don't know. I don't need to cut all my hair off because a boy told me it would suit me. I don't need to change my shape to make myself worthy of someone's love. I don't need any words or looks or comments from a man to believe I'm visible, to believe I'm here. I don't need to run away from discomfort and into a male eyeline. That's not where I come alive. Because I am enough. My heart is enough. The stories and the sentences twisting around my mind are enough. I am fizzing and frothing and buzzing and exploding. I'm bubbling over and burning up. My early morning walks and my late night baths are enough. My loud laugh at the pub is enough. My piercing whistle, my singing in the shower, my double-jointed toes are enough. I am a just-pulled pint with a good frothy head on it. I am my own universe, a galaxy, a solar system. I am the warm-up act, the main event, and the backing singers. And if this is it, if this is all there is, just me and the trees and the sky and the seas, I know now that that's enough. So good. So thank you, Dolly Alderton, for that book that challenged my perspective, but ultimately made me feel so grateful for my friends and the love that I have in my life. And I think I want to end on that note. 
be thankful for the love that you have in your life in whatever form that comes in, whether it's with animals, with friends, with romantic partners. Everyone deserves some love in their life and we should all give love freely. So that was 16 things I learned at 16. That was a message on failure and that was some good book recommendations and a reminder to challenge your echo chamber. And with that, I think that's all I have for today. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope that you try something new and find something that makes you smile and maybe explore a new hobby. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for my birthday present. And I hope you have a fabulous week and a good long weekend if you're in Australia. And with that, good luck, Charlie. Thank you so much for being here. Bye. Good luck, Charlie. Bye.